Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What's up, guys? It's Harrison Phillips here, and you're listening to Nate and the Fellows on the Circle the Wagons podcast on Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills, baby. Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times. Here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this recap episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumbling podcast. I'm your host, Nate, and we are going to discuss the Bills' 25-16 victory tonight over the Pittsburgh Steelers to go 10-3 and in the season and that much closer to the number two or perhaps even the number one seed in the AFC. We'll go over our thoughts on the game, some stats of the game, our plays of the game, and as always, our wall of famers and wall of shamers with some help from our amazing followers on Twitter. And also, we're going to do our weekly podcast giveaway, so stay tuned for that. But first, I'm joined by my co-host, Mike, on the podcast. So, Mike, Going into this game, this was going to be a huge test for the Bills to play in the national spotlight twice in two weeks against uh, an 11-1 and Steelers team that was thought to be a paper tiger of a team, and uh, the Bills showed the rest of the NFL, if nothing else, that, uh, that they're a serious threat to Kansas City and the rest of the conference and potentially in the Super Bowl run. Um, I thought the defense was incredible against the Steelers tonight. Uh, the Steelers are a much better passing team than running team. So to see the Bills not only take care of business defending the run, but also stopping Ben Roethlisberger and their offense from passing the ball, it was it was great to see. The Bills had two interceptions on Big Ben. It was almost, almost reminiscent of the 2019 Bills defense and how they performed tonight. And uh, the Bills are just getting closer and closer to that defense each week. And on offense, the Bills struggled in the first half, but in the second half, Josh Allen and the Bills just tore apart, just absolutely ripped apart the Steelers secondary by using Stephon Diggs all over the field. And he was everywhere and he was, he was open. Um, he finished with a tremendous game. It was just, it was such a good, it was such two weeks in a row. We've seen this Bills team just really step up and play against two pretty good teams. And it was on a national spotlight. And I thought, uh, I walked away with this game. Obviously, towards the end, I was hoping, you know, can you just please hold on to the lead? I don't want you to lose it. And they didn't. And they, and they held it after, after that first touchdown, um, against the Bills where, uh, where the Bills fumbled it. Um, I should say Dawson Knox fumbled it. And then the Steelers scored right after. I mean, the Bills didn't really look back. Um, they scored a field goal. They, they had a taint by Taryn Johnson, which we're going to get into a lot later. But, uh, 
But yeah, so uh, J- Mike, what were your think? What were your thoughts on uh, tonight's win? I thought it was a complete game by the Bills, right? Offense, defense, special teams. The thing that stuck out to me the most was the adjustments at the half. I was so excited to see them come out and play a strong third quarter. For it feels like the first time in a long time. Um, just to step back a little bit, just. For the Bills to have to be lifelong fans like us and to be so so close to the promised land, right? A two-game lead with three to play for the first division title in 25 years is just for it to happen on a national stage in prime time. It's just exciting, and I wish we could be allowed in the stadium or the parking lot to be a, a, more a part of it. Yeah, that's that's the biggest shame. I think in all of this, in this season, this amazing season that we're witnessing, you know, the last time the Bills were 10 and 3 was 1991. It's a shame that we can't be there to witness it in person. And it's, it's a shame, especially because the Bills, if they hold on to the third or fourth, um, spot, third or fourth seed, or even higher, maybe even the second seed, uh, there's, there's no way that, uh, the Bills might get a, a home game <laughs> in, uh, you know, their first home game in how many years. So, um, and then they might win that home game and it'll be the first home game and first playoff game in 25 years and nobody was here to actually witness you know it's a kind of ironic if you think about it from that perspective uh, another thing you if the, wait, wait real old. quick real quick if the bills win the super bowl and 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 they they have a parade like we're all just risking everything right <laughs> to be at that parade like it's i wouldn't i I, I'm not trying to be um, coy about this or um, whatever, but like I wouldn't risk myself for much. But I would, I would wear a mask, and I would actually consider going to Buffalo to if there's a way to somehow socially distance in a parade, which I feel like is just a sea of humanity. There's got to be a way to do it, right? Like if there's one time to ever, <laughs> you have to be there. I feel like if you're willing to risk it all, it would be a better. Wouldn't it be <laughs> worth it to go to the game more than the parade? parade? Have you ever been to a parade that's exceeded your expectations? A parade is just you can't see because everyone is standing on their tippy toes, which makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> like standing all day. It's di- cold, <laughs> always. <laughs> or you're either too hot or too cold. Too hot. Oh, yeah. Fourth of July, always too hot. Yep. Parades are terrible. Yeah, they, yeah. Loud, too. Like I mean, it'd be amazing. <laughs> Just yeah, trying to temper. Um, if you had to go to one, a Super Bowl parade or a playoff game, I I think I would take the playoff game. Well, if there was Just a the choice, atmosphere. if there was a choice, I don't think there will be a choice. So I mean, maybe, but well, they might I, not even I think have the one. Gover- like the state government wouldn't allow a victory parade. Now you could say like maybe all the fans will just run out onto the street. <laughs> <laughs> We do it. We just like knock down the fences at the Buffalo airport and just like mob, mob the private jet for the Pagulas and just <laughs> run across the tarmac. <laughs> hey, hey, yeah, super spreader event, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not, I'm not saying that this is a good thing that we should. I'm, I'm, I'm walking back everything I just said. I don't think we, any of us should risk ourselves. <laughs> Or our family members, but um, this is a once in a lifetime thing potentially, and it's something that we've potentially looked forward to ever since uh, we were kids growing up. How often does that happen? So, anyway, what were you going to say 
before I brought up potentially uh, giving everyone COVID by going to a Bills Super Bowl parade. When you started to to give your thoughts on the game and you said paper tigers, uh, that that kind of surprised me and and. I initially kind of disagree with that, but, but looking at the, the people that the, the Steelers have actually played, right? Giants, Broncos, um, Texans, who aren't what we thought, the Eagles, the Browns, the, the Titans, like they haven't played the Bengals, the Jaguars. They, they haven't played the teams that I thought. So I guess I really, I do agree with that characterization. Does that? I think they're good. I just yeah. don't think that they're, it was like, I don't know. The Bills had a pretty soft schedule last year. I mean, were they really like, you know, 11 and 6 or 11 and 5, 10 and 6? Like, mm, they were good. They were really good. But I mean, you know, it's. I mean, certainly some of the shine came off last week, right? When they lost to Washington. Oh, yeah. A lot of the shine. Almost all of it. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, I mean, that was that was the narrative going into that. And that's what people and fans were saying. But it was good to to show that. The Bills, even though they did, they really, the Bills should really be 11 and 2. But anyway, that being 10 and 3, they deserve to be a 10 and 3. Like they can, before this season, you know, in the, in the last previous two seasons, the Bills never really beat a good team. Like they, they had, I want to say, besides the 2017 season, in 2018 and 2019, they only had like two or three wins out of 16 against teams that were, uh, had winning records or or did not have losing records i should say so like there were eight seven and one the vikings and there were the eight and eight and eight titans last year but they were like the mariota led titans you know they they didn't beat good teams this season they're beating good teams so i believe this is uh they're f- four and three hold on i tweeted this out earlier john gave us the stat the bills are five and three against teams with winning records so i mean that's pretty that's pretty good when considering, you know, the Bills haven't really done that before consistently. Mike, can we talk about the taint, the first taint of the 2020 season, the first taint since probably 2017, 2018? We first started this podcast in 2017, and you were the first one to talk about how much you like a good taint. And we haven't seen one. We haven't seen one. And it, like it couldn't have come at a better time. No, no, that was right around Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of a better gift <laughs> to Bills fans than that Taron Johnson taint right before the end of the half. I mean, it, it, the Bills could do, get nothing going prior to that, right? Like, and that just flipped a switch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. the The Bills had just um, scored a field goal, but they were, you know, the. the the Steelers were, I mean, it was a defensive battle at that point by both teams, and neither one were really able to move the ball. And then Taron Johnson, of all people, all of a sudden, you know, uh, jumped a route on Big Ben and took it the distance, you know, without getting tackled and just easily scored for the offense. And that was, you know, we're going to do Gettysburg play of the games later, but I mean, that that has to be in consideration for one of it. And then after that, you mean, I mean, after that field goal, the, the Bills scored the field goal. They were down seven to three. And then the Bills scored, you know, 26 unanswered points. Or was it 23 unanswered points? Yeah, it was 23 unanswered points. And that was the catalyst for, I think, Mike, when you mentioned the third quarter and the Bills' third quarter woes, I mean, they put that to bed. The, the Bills scored 14 points in the third quarter and the Steelers scored none. 
So uh, I think, and I think that uh, they were riding that momentum from the Taron Johnson interception, that taint for, I, you know, what's funny is I had, uh, I had several of you, uh, several of the listeners <laughs> tweeted us and say, there's the taint, you know, we've been on a taint drought until today. <laughs> and uh, I love that stuff. So if you guys keep wanting to tweet that at us and, uh, and message us over Instagram or whatever, I love it. Um, and uh, it was hilarious because I've had people go, I don't know what that, I don't know what taint means. So I said, it, it means just what you think it means, actually. For those of you that are wondering, um, it means touchdown after interception. But uh, someone, I think it was like Jason from Buffalo or something, wrote, it means something different where I come from. <laughs> what could that mean, Jason? <laughs> what? So when I say that was an excellent looking taint, what does that mean when you when you hear that? So it was just, it was it was good to see one for for once and uh and we've been waiting a long time we've been waiting so long that i forgot the term taint existed and that was a coin that i mean for any of for any of the people that have been listening to the podcast since the beginning which is probably about three of you if that um that was that was mike's big thing when the 2017 season when the bills broke the drought and uh, i think that happened a couple of times so it's cool to see it happen for the first time the bills have gotten close so many times before uh they may have even gotten a faint but no taints. <laughs> and the taints are the ones you really get excited about. So actually, Jerry Hughes almost had a faint tonight <laughs> when uh, they sacked Big Ben. But apparently, you know, he he ended up uh, not fumbling the ball. He was down by contact. Dude, can I just say something about the referees tonight? Like they were all in on the bills tonight <laughs> for for once in uh, that I can remember for, for the first time ever, I think. Potentially, I mean, there were three separate times where, like, there was that the time where um, a defensive back blitzed on Allen and hit him as he was throwing the ball, but technically he hit the ball out of Allen's hand, and Allen's hand just kind of pushed it forward. But they didn't call that interception or a fumble. It should have been a fumble. Mm-hmm. And then the yeah. Bills ended up punting the ball. <laughs> I'm like very oh, quickly. I cannot yeah. believe they got away with this. How is Mike Tomlin not challenging this right now? Um, and then there was that Tredavious White non-passing. But that, that was on third down, right? And it, it, it was wild because we agree that it should have been a fumble. Yep. But Allen's hand came forward and made it look like a 25-yard pass. Like the ball ended up a ways down the field. So even if it was recovered, right, it wasn't, it wasn't like a first down stopped and the ball right there. True. True. Yep. The other team yeah. didn't didn't get a faint. You're right. Um, it was just yeah, yeah. There was a Tredavious White non-pass interference call where the flag got thrown out super late, and Tredavious White was you know arguing with the the referees about it, and Ben Roethlisberger was arguing too, and uh, they kept bringing up, up Tredavious White being a valedictorian. That was hilarious, and uh, saying that you know he should he should have been on the debate team if he wasn't because he ended up getting the flag put back and they ended up not calling that pass, which was a good call. But I mean, still, how often do you ever see them pick the flag up against the Bills, Mike? Has it ever happened? <laughs> I don't believe it has. <laughs> That's why the question needs to be brought up. I don't think it... I've seen it picked up on the other team. <laughs> Several instances Weekly. of that. Weekly. <laughs> Weekly. Quarterly? <laughs> <laughs> At least 10 times a day. No, I was... Uh, then the other thing... 
which I didn't know. And, and I'm glad I'm not the only one that didn't know this because um, there was a play where there were there were two penalties on the offense and defense. There was a roughing the passer call on Allen or against Allen where a player kind of dove into his knees. It was, it was an iffy roughing the passer penalty at, at best. Um, but then, you know, there was an illegal formation shift and you're just like, you know, I, my first instinct was I can't believe that they're going to allow these penalties offset when one is so much more egregious than the other. <laughs> then they were like, oh, you know, will we take the the penalty, the more severe penalty or whatever. And they gave the 15 yards to the Bills. And I'm like, what? Because <laughs> I, I swear to God, three weeks ago or four weeks ago, they didn't allow that to happen. And I was just like, a it was a roughing the passer. Maybe it was like a holding call. That must be in the rule book or something that like if it's something where it's a five-yard penalty versus an unsportsmanlike misconduct penalty, then the unsportsman. I was like, I can't believe. And, and I'm glad like there were a lot of people that were uh, following us on Twitter. By the way, if you're not, please do at CTW pod. But there are a lot of people that were responding like, yeah, I, I had no clue that that was going to go that way. It makes sense though, right? It, it makes sense. But what... <laughs> When does the the NFL ever make sense with the things that are the simplest? Like someone brought up that uh, Tyler Bass missed point after, right? Like, and it was like above, above the goalpost. Like, how do they not have sensors in each and every football? Like, like, like tennis balls in tennis courts where, you know, you can see exactly where the tennis ball hit on the tennis court, like where the ball compressed into the court. How, they, how are there not sensors in each and every football to determine? Like you could just raise the goalposts. Yeah, that's that's an excellent point too. Make him ten feet higher. Who cares? <laughs> like, what are you worried about? Yeah, yeah. So There's I want a lot to change, right? Look, why is the safety two points? A safety should be worth twenty points. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We we argued that in our fantasy league, and I think we made it like a six point or seven point play. It's Ugh. so much less likely than a, than a touchdown. It should almost be more, worth more. <laughs> it happens. Two times a season. Let's make it for two points. <laughs> it makes no sense. Whatsoever. Yeah, that's a good one. It's a good one. So, all right. Well, let's go into our stats of the game for today's win. Stats of the game. They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works every time. That doesn't make sense. So you're telling me there's a chance. Well, people can come up with statistics to prove anything, Kent. 40% of all people know that. Let's start off on the Bills' side of the ball. Josh Allen was 24 for 43 for 238 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. There was that one interception where Cameron Hayward, the Pittsburgh Steelers defensive tackle, came in and hit Josh Allen's arm as he was throwing the ball, forcing the interception. And uh, yeah, it just caused a, a very shallow ball by Allen, which you don't normally see. Um, so that was his only interception on the day. He did fumble once, but luckily uh, Mitch Morris was there to recover it. Thank goodness. Um, Zach Moss was the leading rusher for today. He had 13 carries for 43 yards, 3.3 yards per carry. Devin Singletary was the next leading rusher for the Bills. Seven carries for 32 yards, 4.6 yards per carry. Kind of, um, they seem to be favoring Zach Moss. Well, when Zach Moss doesn't fumble near the end zone, they seem to favor him when rushing the ball. And uh, they didn't get away from Zach today in the game. Josh Allen had six carries for 28 yards, 4.7 yards per carry. 
Stefan Diggs, the Bills' leading receiver tonight. Stefan freaking Diggs, 10 receptions on 14 targets for 130 yards and one touchdown. Guy was unbelievable tonight. Um, after they finally started passing the ball more and more often in the second half. I mean, he was just always open. And he was torching the, the Steelers secondary. And I'm just like, keep passing him the ball. Keep passing him the ball until they finally make him, you know, they finally start covering him. And that's exactly what they did. And the Bills ended up winning uh, with that formula. Cole Beasley was a second leading receiver for the Bills. Five receptions on 10 targets for 41 yards. Dawson Knox, four receptions on seven targets for 34 yards. Mike, can we talk about Dawson Knox real quick? Because I'm really close. I they first of all they made Tyler Croft, which in my opinion is the best tight end on the roster. They made him inactive today for reasons I have no idea why. And um they had Dawson Knox as their starting tight end. And he just he had that one first half and the second half on uh, a third down conversion, and that was great. But that one play does not make up for the really bad game I thought he had tonight. And a really disappointing second season, I feel like he's continuing, uh, minus a couple of a couple of decent plays. Uh, are you as as down on Dawson Knox right now in his second season as I am? Or do you think there's a, a light at the end of the tunnel? Throughout most of the game, Nate, I had him as my wall of shame. With 10 minutes to go in the second quarter, he had that fumble slash interceptor. I think it was ultimately a fumble, right? I think so. Fumble. I think so. Um, that immediately led to the Washington touchdown catch within two or three plays after that. And it, it felt like it let the Steelers right back into the game. And before the play before that, it, there was a long pass that hit him in the hands that he dropped. It's just like, man, um, with the size, the speed, it just, it didn't seem like he could put it together at all. But then later in the game, he had a, a catcher two, I guess that, <laughs> they, that I'm like, ah, maybe, maybe it, it shows you. I mean, he didn't something, but he, he didn't go completely Zay Jones and drop everything. But I mean, yeah, I mean, he caught some at the end. But I mean, in my opinion, that doesn't make up for what he did earlier. Like that—that that was a great uh, point by bringing up the play right before the fumble because he went up and he was just him and a DB like Allen does his best to scramble to his right, throw across his body. Brett Favre-like, which, you know, I know you love, Mike, and you know I love <laughs> a little Brett Favre action, gunslinger, and uh, throws across his body, and it's just him and a DB, and you know he has like four inches on that guy, and you know he can jump higher. He's super athletic, and he still can't come down with the ball. It's like... <laughs> Hit him like right in the hands, and then he did a thing where he like spun it <laughs> with his hand. You remember that? Yes. And you're like, it looks like an eight-year-old kid trying to catch a Nerf ball. <laughs> and yeah. then, yeah, there was that. Um, what else was there? There was the, yeah. Yeah, that was, the, well, yeah. There, there was also a play earlier in the game where he was supposed to do a chip block on the DB that was, like, blitzing. And he just kind of, like, stuck his arm out, but he didn't actually touch him. and it, Or he didn't actually knock him off his path. He just came straight towards Josh Allen. It's like, no, you were supposed to like, like just, you know, check him a little bit so that he didn't have like a free sprint. <laughs> it was just, there was a lot of Dawson Knox that, that he, he's a very frustrating player. Um, and, uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm still, I haven't given up on, on Dawson. 
Um, not happy though. Not happy at this point. And, uh, I think he's gonna, you know, make a lot of people wall of shame later. So in Gabriel Davis was the next leading receiver, three receptions on eight targets for 19 yards. They really couldn't connect tonight, but they did in the end zone today. There's a great pass by Josh Allen to Gabriel Davis in the corner of the end zone. As far as fumbles go, we mentioned Dawson Knox fumbling the ball and losing it. Uh, Jordan Poyer recovered a fumble tonight, or he forced a fumble tonight, rather. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, Taron Johnson had that interception, that 51-yard interception return for a touchdown. What an amazing taint that was. Levi Wallace had an interception tonight. That was great to see. That Gabriel Davis touchdown was Allen's 35th total touchdown of the season, and that's more than any other bill in history. All right. That is a good stat, Mike. With three games to go. Three games to go. Three games to go, and he already has 15 more passing touchdowns than his best season. It's incredible. If you were thinking like how Josh Allen would do compared to last season, you'd be like, okay, well, if he improves like 30%, maybe maybe he gets to 30 touchdowns. He's already exceeded that. And we're not even talking rushing touchdowns added on top of that. I believe he had 20 touchdowns passing and nine touchdowns rushing. He's already over 35 passing touchdowns. It's unbelievable. Let's look on the Steelers side of the ball. Ben Roethlisberger had a rough night tonight. Um, his Steelers didn't, or his receivers didn't do him any favors. There were at least two or three drops that I counted between Deontay Johnson and uh, Eric Ebron. Speaking of players trying to do their best Zay Jones impressions, um, the Steelers wide receivers early at least didn't do Ben any favors. He was 21 for 37, 187 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. The Bills really exposed them defensively. James Conner had 10 carries for 18 yards, 1.8 yards per carry. Bill's run defense doing an amazing job, just always swarming towards the football on any of those runs. Steelers did have a lot of penalties, though, or not a lot of penalties, a lot of injuries today, though it felt like, it felt like every time you looked around, there was a Steelers player going down, and they were already um, short on some players going into today's game. The leading receiver for the Steelers, Juju Smith-Schuster, six receptions for 55 yards and one touchdown on seven targets. Deontay Johnson, the next leading receiver, four receptions on seven targets for 40 yards. Then Eric Ebron, two receptions on five targets for 30 yards. James Washington, three receptions on six targets for 29 yards and a touchdown. All right, so we're going to take a quick commercial break. After that, we'll go into our sweet, sassy, molassy plays of the game. We're going to do a Gettysburg play of the game, and then we'll do our wall of famers and wall of shamers. So stick around. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. 
That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, welcome back to Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. This is our recap show. Thank you so much for joining us. I am your host, Nate, and we're discussing the Bills' 26-15 victory over the formerly 11-1 Steelers. So it's a big night. It was a big game. It's so good to talk to you guys about this. Um, there were a few stats of the game I missed, so I wanted to bring those up. Mike had a good one about Josh Allen's 35th touchdown. Stephon Diggs had over 100 yards tonight. His fifth 100-yard game of the season. That's the most by a Bills wide receiver since Sammy Watkins tallied five 100-yard games in 2015. Gabriel Davis had a, had a touchdown catch tonight, and it's uh, he has a touchdown catch in three straight games, becoming the first Bills rookie to do so since David Nelson in 2010. David Nelson or Gabriel Davis, David Nelson, and Lee Evans in 2004 are the only Bills to ever tally three game receiving touchdown streaks. Stephon Diggs had uh, has already, with his receiving total tonight, he's already surpassed his previous career best in 2019. So he has over 1,100 receiving yards, and his previous career best was 1,130 in 2019. So he's already crushing that, like, like Mike said, with three games left to go. Bills now have uh, takeaways in eight straight games and multiple takeaways in four of the team's last five games. Stephon Diggs tallied his 100th catch of the season, and that time that ties the team record Eric Mould set in 2002 with 100 catches. So he is he's he's one more catch away from breaking the entire record. That's that's unbelievable. Diggs has joined Chicago uh receiver Brandon Marshall in 2012 as the only players in the NFL history to reach 100 plus receptions in their first 13 games with a new team. All right, so let's go into our Sweet Sassy Molassie plays of the game. Sweet Sassy Molassie, get out the checkbook and pay Grandma for the rubdown. Our Sweet Sassy Molassie plays the game brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. And Mike, is it an obvious one for you? What is your Sweet Sassy Molassie play of the game in today's victory? It's the Taryn Johnson taint. It's got to be the taint, right? I thought that that was, uh, yeah, I, I'm going to have to go with the taint also. Um, just an unbelievable play by Taron Johnson and guy who ended up getting a concussion later in the game and didn't end up playing the rest of the game in the second half. Um, can I give an honorable mention to a play that happened on a drive before that? So right before that, when the Bills finally scored and put some points on the board with a Tyler Bass uh, 34-yard field goal, on that drive, Stephon Diggs on third and three caught a first down catch and you thought he was sandwiched by two different Pittsburgh defenders and he ended up running down the field getting a 23 yard game gain and it ended up uh, setting the Bills up for a field goal and that was uh, I believe you know one of the small turning points offensively for the Bills but uh, I I had to give credit to that because that was an amazing amazing play by uh, Stefan Diggs and, and it started his uh, the beginning of his second half run even though it was at the end of the first half. So Sweet Sassy Molassie plays the game brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. Let's go into our Gettysburg play of the game. Four score and seven years ago. The Gettysburg play of the game is brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago also. 
And I put this up on Twitter if people wanted to tweet in about what their Gettysburg play of the game was. Mike, are you going to go with the the Taron Johnson taint? I think I have to. Yeah, I would agree. I think uh, I think I'm in the same boat. Uh, Padden wrote into us. He said the Gettysburg is obviously the taint by Taron Johnson. Uh, let's see if there were any other people that disagreed with us. I, th- I think if you go like recency bias, right towards the end of the game, fourth quarter, there was like seven minutes left. Score was twenty six fifteen. Pittsburgh was driving, and that was the Levi Wallace pick. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that to me was another huge, huge play, and it felt like a lifetime from the Taron Johnson pick. Um, but what was great to see about that, like not only stop the Steelers, right, but you see the entire Bills defense run down to the screen and everybody slides in unison and they're dancing on the sidelines. Like you could really, it, it's a microcosm of the season to date and just um, made the team feel certainly special. I think that uh, we're witnessing something very cool. Yeah. Good call. Good call in there. And, and not only all those amazing things, like you said, the celebration on the sidelines, but also it was a redemption for Levi Wallace who got burned on that first touchdown by James Washington and a a guy who's been, you know, continually, you know, uh, has continually been this season, a whipping boy for Bill's mafia and social media. So um, it was good to see Levi Wallace, you know, come back and, and, and making him, it was amazing catch by Levi Wallace, by the way, the way he had to, I mean, maybe, you know, we talk about Dawson Knox hitting the jugs machine. Maybe he needs to work a little bit with Levi Wallace and, uh, and work on those catching skills because, uh, yeah, Dawson Knox could have had that. There was also that pass interference in the end zone. It's like, just catch it. Don't even make it a pass interference in the end zone, Dawson Knox. I know I'm still stuck on this. I see a lot of people talking about the pick six. Uh, Devin Brown writes in, Clear, clearly it's a glorious taint. Michael Taylor writes in, had to be the second pick. The first one was nice, but the second one felt like it sealed the deal. So Mike Taylor is with you, Mike. Mike's Our Mike's name is not Mike Taylor. Um, I can confirm that. I'm not to say that it's not uh, Mike's burner Twitter account, though. Mike, 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 what day is it? Wrote pick six, no brainer. The big dumb QB haver is says, of course, it's the pick six. Laura writes in anything, but the pick six would be a wrong answer. Uh, Emmett 21, got to be Taron Johnson's pick six. Completely changed the momentum. Of the game. Hey, listen, if you guys are going to tweet at me and you're going to talk about a pick six, you're going to call it a taint from now on. I'm tired of this whole pick six. Just because it sounds cool. Does it sound like the lottery? Is that why it became famous? I don't know. Alex Jones writes, I wonder if it's a real Alex Jones. He writes in, I think it's clear that Taron Johnson picks six, no question. X Rob S writes in, Taron Johnson taint. I have not heard from the X Rob S in a long time. So that's cool. Um, Adam Wright wrote in, he said, hi, grew up in Gettysburg. Good for you, Adam. <laughs> the pick six was the turning point. Obviously sounds like I need to check this pod out too. I mean, uh, I mean, what are you even doing? Are you even listening to podcasts? Because if, uh, if you aren't, I mean, this should be the only one you don't even, you don't even need to search any other podcast. Don't even search true crime or comedy or anything like this. If you're a Bills fan, you just search, uh, the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network and find the circling the wagons podcast after every game. And then, you know, our guy, Devin Brown wrote to Adam right after that. You absolutely do. So thank you, Devin, for writing that. Devin Brown is my burner account. And I continue to that wouldn't that be awesome? I should just do that. People are like, should I check out this podcast? And I'm just like, bro, 
Like, what are you even doing? <laughs> like, you you definitely have to check out this podcast. That's actually not a bad marketing strategy. So the Gettysburg of the game is brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. Thank you guys for participating in that. Now we're going to go into... Maybe just to stay one step ahead. If, if once you get everybody to call it a taint, we should just keep it, keep it going. Like, what's the next thing? Like, go with the actual biological name, the perineum. <laughs> <laughs> Right, get everybody going to taint and then perineum. Wouldn't that be great? Everybody would be like, what's that? What is that? Just keep <laughs> moving it further and further. To, into, the, into more and more levels of obscurity. <laughs> perineum. The scrope. Our English teachers would be very proud. The perineum. Our English teachers and our biology teachers. Hey. Our sex education teachers would be very proud of us. I don't think we ever had one of those. <laughs> uh, um, so I bet you if we did perineum, though, between you and I, I'm sure we could think of like what it means as like an acronym. So if people are like, Ugh, like, why would you say that? And be like, oh, perineum, pass erratically, uh, return, return. <laughs> in R I N E U M, in we'll come up with something. Uh, yeah, we'll come up with something. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. The wall of famers and wall of shamers brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. Let's go into the wall of fame in today's victory. Wall. Mike, who are you going to put into your wall of fame in the victory against the Steelers? I don't think they can win the game without Josh Allen or a quarterback of that caliber. Um, but to me, Daryl Williams like really stood out. I don't know if played the game of his life, but I was expecting to hear TJ Watt's name all night, and I heard it maybe once, right? And not only that, it wasn't like the Bills were double-teaming him. Like Williams had him locked down all night it felt like and what you could argue is the best edge rudger in football um if not him his brother right like so to me that was such a pleasant surprise and he's got to be getting a game ball or uh, i'll roll with him as my wall of fame or a new contract next season because his contract is up after this season (laughs) he might have made a lot of money tonight yeah absolutely hey was it just me mike or whenever like uh Bill's right tackle, Daryl Williams, was stepping back in his stance. It felt like it was like a split second before the ball was snapped every time. I'm like, man, he is either really fast or that is the best coaching imaginable to be able to be like, <laughs> it's actually Daryl Williams setting the snap count or something like that. Like he just he just seemed like he always had like a step back, like right before the ball was snapped. I mean, if that was by design, amazing. But yeah, I agree, Mike. That was, that was a good call. On his, on his, uh, I don't think a lot of people are going to have that in Twitter. So I'm glad you brought that up. I'm going to go with Stefan Diggs on my wall of fame in today's victory. Um, I mean, the guy was just a beast. You, you heard it earlier 10 receptions, 130 yards, one touchdown on 14 targets. Um, just a great game by Stefan Diggs. I mean, the guy just always seems to be open. He's always seems to get, you know, he's great with yards after catch. Um, he's great at getting the ball in traffic. And uh, just always seems to be there for Josh Allen. And I mean, this is how important it is because. I mean, now, did you, did you mention like now he leads the league in receptions? 
It's oh. wild to have a Bills player, like first first player to 100 and leading the league. It's awesome. Yeah, that's incredible. I did not think it was going to go like that this season. I, I thought he was going to have a good season. This could be the start of something big. You know, we talk about, you know, free agent contracts with Daryl Williams and, you know, Matt Milano is obviously up after this season. And then you also think about like, hey, you know, maybe Stefan Diggs is going to want to restructure after having, you know, we talk about Josh Allen having an MVP season as a quarterback. I think we kind of forget, you know, Stefan Diggs is having an all pro season. He should be an all pro wide receiver. And uh, the Bills, besides Tredavious White last season, they don't get many all pros on their team. So um, I think he should definitely be considered for that. Obviously the Pro Bowl, but, you know, on the all pro team would be great. I think he's earned that. Um, I'm also going to give a shout out to the Bills, an honorable mention to the Bills defense tonight. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, they are just stout against the run as, uh, you know, the Steelers struggle against the run, but to be able to hold uh, Big Ben to 187 yards and two picks, uh, and they were getting pressure. I mean, they finally sacked him. There weren't a lot of sacks. Uh, they mentioned, I think it was 260 snaps since uh, Big Ben's last sack. Um, so, yeah. All right, let's go into our wall of shame in today's victory. Shame. 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 I'm going to, no big surprise, I'm going to put this wall of shame, uh, put Dawson Knox on my wall of shame. Uh, I mentioned all the things earlier, the the missed chip lock against the blitzing uh, Steelers DB. The guy just ran right. That was that was actually, I believe it was the fumble play, the fumble slash uh, incomplete pass that didn't get called on the Bills. And you know, if you if you just bump that guy off his uh, off his clear straight path to to Josh Allen, maybe that doesn't happen. Um, and then obviously, you know, Mike, you, you already mentioned the, the catches. We've already gone over that. But Dawson Knox, um, you know, just just having a rough season, um, not really building a lot off of his very rough first season. Um, so I, I guess it's going to be patience. I'm going to see, a, I'm going to need to see a lot more from him. And, um, I'm hoping the bills, the bills, uh, coaching staff doesn't make Tyler Croft inactive next week. Mike, who do you have on your wall of shame in today's victory? I can't disagree. It, it seemed like a complete game by everybody. And it just seemed like when something went wrong, it was Knox was involved. I'm also going to give an honorable mention to the Bills inability to stop a two point conversion. I seriously can't remember the last time the Bills stopped a two point conversion. I feel like they've had like a million goal line stands on defense and stopped the opposing team on fourth down at like the goal line, but I feel like I can't remember the last time the Bills actually stopped a two point conversion on defense. Have they ever? Have they? <laughs> Have they since it came back into existence in like, I don't know, the nineties or whenever it was created again? All right, so our Bills Wall of Famers and Wall of Shamers are brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. Let's see what you guys wrote on Twitter. First of all, if you're not following us on Twitter, please do at CTWPod. And this is a great chance to uh, read some of your guys' tweets. Um, after every game, uh, I tweet out, you know, uh, who, who or what is on your Wall of Fame and Wall of Shame in today's victory. And uh, you guys always come through. Appreciate everyone contributing. Andrew Insing writes, Wall of Fame, the Taron Johnson taint. Wall of Shame, the two-point conversion defense. Thank you, Andrew. I swear to God, I did not read Andrew's tweet right before I said that. But that's awesome. <laughs> Seriously, teams would be better off doing that than kicking point after touchdowns. Yes. You know, it's funny that you write that, Andrew, because John, who hasn't been on the podcast the last couple of weeks, um, it's a little too late for him. Um, he's got an early bedtime. But uh, he wrote that to us over text message. He's like, I have no idea why teams even try going 
for point afters, and then they can just do two point conversions like every time. <laughs> John has to get up. I thought you were just cutting the deadwood. <laughs> Basically, am and I can say that because we know he won't listen to us. <laughs> so, if we want to trash John, now is the time. He only half puts up with it while he's here, but he'll definitely put up with it now. Devin Brown writes in Wall of Fame to noted locker room cancer and diva Stefan Diggs. When was the last time a Bills wide receiver led the league in receptions? Wall of Shame to first half Dawson Knox, the bobbled catch that the Steelers took away. Could have had yakety sacks played all over it. <laughs> uh, I love a good yakety sacks reference. If I had more time to edit this podcast and it wasn't Sunday already past midnight, I would add in that soundbite. RTG Marley writes, Wall of Fame, Diggs, a- Allen, Dable, the entire defense, and Moss. Wall of Shame, the refs, as always. I actually get the. I, I actually don't agree with that. I thought the refs weren't awful tonight. They're actually... Um, A decent two, good, in my opinion. He also writes Brian Winters, which is a given, and Bass for that missed extra point. Yeah, good call on the missed extra point. I'm glad that didn't come back to bite us. Steve Tharp writes, Wall of Fame, Stephon Diggs with a huge game tonight. The Bills corners, Levi and Taron both made momentum-changing plays, and defensive coordinator Leslie Frazier, who has this defense playing at a high level. That's awesome. Wall of Shame, Dawson Knox. Every time he makes a play, to make you think he's turning a corner, he blows it up. <laughs> and he also writes Chris Collinsworth. So much of what he said tonight made no sense. He's never seen a Bills game before. <laughs> I think that's pretty much standard for everyone that uh, that commentates on a on a Bills game. I I, I tweeted this out earlier that um, Chris Collinsworth said, you know, an underrated part of this Bills team is the secondary. And I'm like, what are you talking about? That's like one of the best parts of their team all things considered you have all pro Tredavious white you have two amazing safeties in carlos or uh, carlos hyde i mean micah hyde and jordan boyer um so yeah it's funny that steve writes that private joker 2003 writes wall of fame stefan diggs the killer football droid drawing from a database of jukes to break the ankles of the entire Steelers secondary wow wow that's a that's poetic man wall of shame None. Knox had that horrible fumble, but also strained the defense with his athleticism. The Gettysburg of the game that Taron Johnson picks six. Bill's loser QB writes, QB club writes, Wall of Fame, the entire defense. Wow, great job. Wall of Shame, Chris Collinsworth bagging on the Bills the entire first half. (laughs) And Gettysburg is Diggs. He turned up the dial that drastically helped our offense the second half. JD writes, Wall of Fame, the O-line as a unit. Wall of Shame, Bass. Dude has had been automatic, but I can't really think of anyone else. Mike Graham, write, Mike Graham writes, I'm a little late here, but Gettysburg is definitely Johnson's taint. <laughs> I love how he just comes out and says Johnson's taint. It sounds a little bit different than how we say it, but <laughs> if we're just like, oh, look at Taron Johnson's taint. It was great. Wall of Shame, our defense. That's what we have been looking for and obviously digs. For once, I'm not going to do a Wall of Shame. I'm just happy everything seems to be clicking. Let's go, Buffalo. I love the positivity from Mike Graham. That's awesome. I'm just happy everything seems to be clicking. Yeah. Mike, 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 what day is it? Writes, Wall of Fame. Williams taming Watt. De- that's yours, Wall of Fame, Mike. Williams taming Watt. Defense as a whole unit. And digs, of course. Wall of Shame. Early weather affecting us so much. MGD writes, Wall of Fame. C- Dable. Seriously. 
Uh, no, it's Wall of Shame, I guess. Dable, seriously, no RBs in the backfield? At least try to disguise a play or take time off the clock or first and goal from the one and you got three but no time off the clock. You're offensive, all right, but not in a good way. <laughs> all right. I did not expect that to just be a rag on Brian Dable. I thought Brian Dable had a pretty good game. I like getting everyone's perspective because there's definitely some people that agree with MGD. Um, I'm not one of those people, but uh, I was kind of surprised that they had first and goal at the one and they didn't somehow get a touchdown. Um, luckily, it did not matter. Henry Booth writes, Wall of Fame, second half offense. Great execution. Defense played outstanding. Daryl Williams held his own versus a great pass rush. Wall of Shame, first half offense was iffy. The Gettysburg moment is the Taron Johnson pick six. Big R writes in. I like Big R. I like I like the moniker Big R. I'm just going to call you Big M, Mike. <laughs> Isn't that a grocery store? Big M, Mike? Yeah. <laughs> second rate, at least. Second rate grocery store <laughs> that we grew up near. <laughs> Big R writes, Wall of Fame digs the best Bills skill player since maybe Thurman. Taryn for the taint, <laughs> Allen's second half, and that incredible team defensive effort. Wall of shame, Allen's deep balls, but who cares? Go Bills. The Gettysburg play, he has Levi Wallace, a.k.a. number two cornerback on the field, but number one in our hearts today with his INT. Man, I didn't think as many people would go with the Gettysburg, uh, that Levi Wallace second. Or I didn't think anyone. I thought you had something, Mike, that nobody would have. Um, it was still good, though. Chris Allegra- do you think do you think Big R is big, or is it more like ironic, like naming a like Little John, fat guy, tiny, <laughs> fat guy, yeah. tiny, Little John? Um, Can you do, do people have profile? His pictures? his avatar is just an a, a giant R. <laughs> <laughs> um, that doesn't tell. That us doesn't much, tell I us guess. much. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's a good question though. Big R, let us know if you're Big R, and what's considered big? Is it like six foot or like six foot six? 280? Like, what's he got to be to be big? You know? I should just call I my... think we know big when we see it. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> true. Chris Allegret writes, Wall of Fame digs, great route running. Wall of Shame knocks, can't turn the ball over, especially the way he did. Absolutely. Rob Gillise writes, Wall of Fame digs, the offensive line, secondary, and the creator of third and Cole. Wow. Thank you so much, Rob. That would be me. I didn't make that one up. Um, <laughs> but that's funny. Uh, he also writes wall of shame, early turnovers and detractors of third and coal. <laughs> I wish you didn't make that up. Somebody else, I, someone else think of it and then immediately disowned it and you <laughs> carry the banner. That's, that's Rob. He, I, I watch every game and like, he never has a catch on third down. He, he, let did, alone he didn't this week. Third and goal. <laughs> He week. had one last week out of like 12, <laughs> like 12 catches. He did have a ton of receptions and almost like none of them were on third down. <laughs> um, if, if there was ever a potential burner account, it would be Rob Galise's to burn. Cause there's no, it's like one with no avatar. It's just like, it's just like a blank. It's a blank profile picture. So um, I wish I could take credit for this. I don't know if I would name myself Rob. It would probably be probably be something close to Nate because I'm not that creative. So it'd be like, I don't know, um, Nathaniel. Nathan. Nathan <laughs> Nathaniel e- Ethan. <laughs> I wanted to name our son Ethan when he was when uh, we were coming up with names. 
And my wife's like, it's because it sounds like Nathan, right? And I'm like, well, yeah, obviously. So it's like an easier transition from like, you know, me having to come up with a whole brand new name or way of thinking, you know, it's always easier to copy than it is to (laughs) create. Um, so, so thank you, Rob, for that. By the way, the, the third and Cole shirts on our, uh, T public site are doing pretty well. If you haven't checked those out and, and like we have a 35% sale going on, check it out at tpublic.com slash stores slash CTW pod. Get yourself a, uh, a Christmas gift for you or a loved one or, or, uh, or a family members. But let's be honest. It's, it's really, it's really just for you. Get yourself something nice. I do think people are attracted to similar sounding names. Yeah. So you being Mike, would you be, I Mich- think, <laughs> Michelle? Yeah. Michaela? Like Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman? <laughs> you always had a thing for, for, for Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman, didn't you? It's because of the name. You can't help it. <laughs> it had nothing to do with it. She was a very attractive uh, woman at the, at, the, at the... She was so far out of her time, man. She was a trailblazer. <laughs> She's a tra- being a doctor <laughs> in Just, like the 1870s? How are you not turned on by that? <laughs> now, what if she was in her 60s, had gray hair? <laughs> I mean, first off, let's be honest, nobody lived in their 60s in the 1800s. <laughs> and then secondly, it also came to a certain time in our lives when uh, <laughs> when we went if through sex ed. Back then, you'd be like, oh, wow, the, the, that person's so old. And you'd be like, how old are they? Oh, they're, uh, they're 42. <laughs> <laughs> they look like today is like 90, 95 years. <laughs> you ever go back through your like, uh, yeah, your your uh, great grandparents and like saw what they looked at at eighteen? Oh, this is their wedding picture. Oh my god! Like I thought Scowling. people got married. Yes. <laughs> now one person smiled back there. Black and white picture. Yeah. <laughs> you had to go back to the salt mine the next day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't realize how good we have it at all. So good. Yeah. We would be, if we were doing podcasting back then, people thought we were doing, we'd probably be witches. Like they would probably burn us. Um, yeah. Yeah. Was Michaela, was Michaela Quinn your first, uh, Dr. Quinn Medicine woman, your first, uh, <laughs> no, TV crush? Like you're, you're making it too specific. I oh, think yeah. it's more general than that. Like anyone with your, that, with a name that sounds like yours is. So if I'm Nate or Nathan, would I be like attracted to like Natalie Portman? More so, because I would say yes. I, Are you? I am. <laughs> I'm a go. huge fan of Natalie Portman, but I'm also a fan of women that don't have a similar name. In my... um, yeah. Speaking of women's names, when you hear Minka Fitz, Fitzpatrick, don't you always think of that? Always makes me think of a woman's name, Minka, like Minka Kelly. Minka Kelly, another attractive. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Those yeah. are the only two Minkas that I know. Yeah. Oh, this this uh this podcast got steamy. So all right, let's go to uh seven one nine Bills fan. He writes, he or she writes, I should say well it says at Steven Duderst, so I guess that is a he. Writes Knox Wall of Fame. Or well, Knox Wall of Shame, Wall of Fame, Diggs breaking the record, Allen for stepping up second half, Johnson pick six, Wallace for his interception, at brother Bill for his prime time wake up call. You know who Steven would be attracted to? <laughs> Stephanie. <laughs> All right, let's just go through the rest of these uh, names and see who they would be attracted to from the opposite sex. Mark writes, Wall of Fame, Dable's second half adjustment, and uh, the third quarter offense. Well, we don't need to read the rest of it. Mark, who, who is Mark? 
maple? <laughs> Are you channeling the 1870s again? Do you have a better one? Murtis? No. <laughs> Markella. Markella. That's I was thinking Markella. Marquita? Mar Marquita? Marquetta. Yeah. Maria. Duh. Maria. Yeah. Yeah. I win. Wall of Fame. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't have the cut the cut in it, so Wall of Shame, the offensive line in the first half. Gettysburg, the Taryn Johnson pick six. Jaden Wolfwright's Wall of Fame digs Wall of Shame Rodney Harrison for picking the Steelers. Rodney Harrison can go pound salt. I I could care less about Rodney Harrison. Jaden. That we would that just be Jaden? <laughs> Isn't Jaden like a girl and a boy's name? Yeah. Yeah. Josh Allen Stan writes, Wall of Fame, second half Josh and second half Levi Wallace also digs. That man don't care about your family. <laughs> That's funny. Wall of Shame, first half Josh and first half Levi. Also Juju for TikToking on our logo. Good call. I forgot. That's why I love reading your guys' tweets because you guys bring up all of these small things that are important but we miss just in the general discussion of the Bills game. So um, we could do Josh. What would be a Josh one? Jocelyn? I got it. Jocelyn. Boom. Alex Jones, Infowar Alex Jones writes, Wall of Fame, the whole offense in the second half, and the takeaways from the defense in big spots. Continuing. They're continuing to do that. Wall of Shame, the first half offense. What did you say, Jocelyn? Jocelyn. I was thinking, is there a Jocelyn? I was thinking Jocelyn. Yeah. I've, I've heard That's that. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Alex? Alex Jones, that's an easy one. Alex is Alex. <laughs> um, do you imagine? So this is so this is uh, a, a quick story I have about that. Is there was a girl who I dated who had a, a girl who had a, a friend that was a girl that that uh, I met and knew, and her name was Lindsay. All right, and she was uh, engaged to a guy whose last name was Lindsay. So. She, when they got married, now we didn't stick around long enough to see if it actually came to fruition. That relationship did not last. But um, she was go- her name was going to be Lindsay Lindsay. <laughs> and I'm almost positive it was the same exact spelling. Do you just take your name, take your maiden name in that instance? Or do you just go, well, it's tradition. Like, you know. I, I don't think you can have the same name. Right? You could hyphenate it or keep your own. Yeah, right. Or keep your own. Like what? I don't think even as if I was her husband, I would be upset. I'm more of a traditional guy. Like I'm glad my wife took my last name. I wouldn't be super upset if she didn't. But um, that seems so unfair, though. What to, no in general to take to yeah. take the other? Like oh, you want to get married? You have to change uh, the name you've known your entire life. Yes, yes, exactly. That's, That's what you have to do. No. Do you love me? Do you care about me? How much do you love me enough to change this name? I'm not asking you to change your first name. No one calls you by your last name. But if you were just to set up society, right? Like if you didn't know in advance, if you were a guy, a girl, how you would be born, like anything about it, you would want it to be as fair as possible. So just the fact that you were a guy, like it, it's unfair fundamentally. Um, maybe from a fundamental perspective, <laughs> if you're going to talk about fairness, but in my head, it makes, no, I definitely, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been upset completely. Now the kids though, the kids absolutely get my name. That's the way it goes. Are you upset with that too? <laughs> I mean, I'm not upset with anything. I'm just saying if you were setting something up from scratch, how could 50% of the population, well, 
women outnumber men, right? 52 to 48. Mm-hmm. How could 48% of people are like, eh, we're completely doing it this way? That's a good question. That's a good question. I don't know how it, how it came about. Um, I will say I am glad that, like, we didn't, like, like, I mean, I totally get it from like traditional blah, blah, blah. But I mean, if you're completely setting everything up from scratch, there's a lot of things I think you do differently. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. It's just the way that it started off and then we just continued on and nobody questions it because it's just like, ah, that's the way it always was. <laughs> it's the way it's like, it's like going to grocery stores. Like a hundred years ago, their grocery stores didn't exist. <laughs> like literally within a few generations from us right now, people had to kill their own animals and farm their own crops to survive you know and if you didn't you didn't live but like within la- yeah we just go to a grocery store for everything i don't have to kill my own chickens i don't have to pick my own eggs i don't have to milk my own cows it's it reminds me of like the uh the parallel 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 parable whatever you want to call it of the pot roast do you remember that one i've up of the pot roast it sounds made up, but go ahead. Yeah, so there's like a little girl, and she's watching her mom like create a pot roast or cook a pot roast. And before the mom puts it in the oven, she like chops off both ends. And the, the kid's like, well, why do you do that? And they're like, oh, that's just that's how it's done. That's how you cook a pot roast. So then the mom, I don't really remember how this actually goes, but the <laughs> You're doing great, Mike. Just keep going. <laughs> right. it, it goes a couple levels. So then the mom asks her mom, like, oh, why do we? Why do we do that? And mom's like, oh, just it's how we always did it. That's the way it is. That's how you cook a pot roast. You take it out of the, or they kept come in a bag. You, you get it out of the bag and then you cut off both ends and then you put it in the pan. And that's how you cook a pot roast. I go, oh, okay. And then, okay. So then that lady <laughs> goes and asks her mom, like, hey, I totally get we've been doing this this way for 80 years, but why do we cut off the ends of the paros? And then that lady, would that be the great-grandma, pulls out the pan and is like, here's my freaking pan, and it only fits this size paros, so I always have to cut off the ends, right? So it's like illustrates we do things based on tradition, and the, it became that way for no reason whatsoever. Yeah. Wow. Does that make sense? Absolutely. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a real-world real example of that. That's not a pot roast that I could use where it's just like, ah, oh, that's just the way we've always done it. Why would we do it any differently? That's everything though. Like, um Everything. I don't want to get political, so I won't I won't say anything like that. But well, you could say football. Why is a two point conversion worth two points? If we were setting it up right now, like just to bring it full circle. Like you would look at the point structure, what is it worth based kind of on how difficult it is or the frequency or something like that, right? Yeah. And you would never say, oh, this never happens. It's so difficult. Let's make it worth the, the tiniest amount. Well, why do we do that? Oh, that's because of the way it's always been. Yeah, you mean the safety, right? Or I'm sorry, what did I say? You said, two point, yeah. you said two point conversion. Or I'm, I'm sorry. But the safety is worth two points. But yeah, the safety, right. the unlikelihood of it happening. And if that was yeah. the case, the Bills win uh, Super Bowl 25, and then we don't have to worry about it. We don't even need Scott Norwood to kick a field goal. Everything's different. Everything's different. Yeah, I agree with that logic. It's a good quote. Um, by the way, I wouldn't it be funny if we were talking about taking names with, you know, wives taking names and stuff like that? Um, it wouldn't it be funny if like I was talking about children taking my name. I was just joking, but like, wouldn't it be funny if, if like, if you just started over from scratch in society? Like, let's say 
for argument's sake, like I get the first child's name and then she gets the second child's name. Like, so we go back and forth. So like it has my last name, then it has her last name. Like you would absolutely play favorites <laughs> with, like absolutely. we, we got to make sure that mine is successful. <laughs> you know, I'll still you love. for all the resources. <laughs> the other one's like the one with uh, her last name is like harry potter it's like sleeping under the stairway (laughs) and mine has its own bed his own like you know the biggest room in the house uh the grandparents would only care about yours (laughs) yeah her parents would only care about hers yeah like like the old like mine (laughs) <laughs> mine would run over to you know to both sets of grandparents and then you know hers would run over to mine and they'd be like oh oh hey hey um anyway <laughs> adam adam stoddard writes wall of fame offensive line for this is what happens when you're up this late wall of fame offensive line for keeping josh protected for the most part wall of shame two-point conversion defense it's he writes in parentheses it's free points at this point <laughs> it, it absolutely is. Adam Stotter bringing this up. Dave Thorpe writes in. Dave, Wait, what would Adam? What would Adam like? Adam, um, Eve? No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, Anna, <laughs> Adele. That's a good one. Uh, uh, that's pretty good. Uh, there was a girl I knew Ada? growing up. Ada. Ada's a name, right? Ada. I knew oh, a girl growing up. Adina. Adina. Edison. Addison's Addison. a good one. Yeah. I th- uh, yours is the best. Yeah, it is. So, <laughs> every, hey, Mike, every once in a while I get a win. Um, Dave Thorpe writes in, Dave, which is cool because Dave Thorpe's uh, Twitter avatar is the Josh Allen jumping over the haters design from our T Public site. That T Public site is tpublic.com slash store slash Um Find all the designs there. Uh, people still buying the Alan Diggs 2020 Making Touchdowns Great Again shirt, which I think is awesome. Maybe it's because the election fully isn't fully over. <laughs> and maybe there's still it's still dragging on. So it's like it's not official. So like, ah, oh, election year is still going on. <laughs> um, but I still love it. I appreciate you guys supporting us, obviously. We're going to do some giveaways from the site at some point. Um, but Dave Thorpe writes in double digit wins. Wall of Fame, Steph Finesse Diggs. That's a good one. That's a good one. Not as good as third and Cole, but I like it. Steph Finesse Diggs. Dable for second half adjustments. Williams had a very solid game against TJ Watt. Excuse me, Wall of Shame, the gray face masks. WTF, really. Dable, first half play calling. The Gettysburg is a Taron Johnson pick six. Anyone with anything different is just wrong. Rory Doolin writes, Wall of Fame, easily Josh Allen for overcoming the troubles early in the game and getting in a groove in the second half. Taron Johnson for swinging the whole game right before the right before the half. It really changed the whole game. <clears throat> Wall of Shame knocks. He just drops too much and isn't showing a lot of growth. That is faux show. The real underdog writes, Wall of Fame, Daryl Williams going one-on-one with arguably the best pass rusher in the NFL. Wall of Shame. The first half for the offense, we stunk it up. You know, um, everyone keeps bringing up Daryl Williams. Um, Brandon Bean signed Daryl Williams in the offseason to a modest contract when a lot of people weren't giving him a chance. And he's getting a really good season out of Daryl Williams at right tackle. Brandon Bean, besides getting a contract, obviously he got the contract extension this last week, which we're all happy about. Um, He deserves a ton of credit for that free agent pickup. Now, if he can re-sign him for a reasonable amount, um, then he'll deserve all that much more credit. 
Matt Robinson writes, Taryn Johnson, his taint was beautiful. It was, wasn't it? I don't think Taryn Johnson would be upset at all, by the way, if you let him know that his taint was beautiful. Matt Robinson. Maddie? Maddie? <laughs> uh, is Maddie a girl's name? I guess it is, right? Matilda. 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 Do you accept Matilda? Matilda. Wall of Shame, Dawson Knox, hard to drop a pass and give up an INT in the same play. <laughs> but Knox, but Noxie did it. <laughs> uh, Richard W. Griswold. Richard? R- Rochelle? R- R- <laughs> that is how you say Richard. <laughs> Rich? Maybe you do with Rich instead? Or Dick? No, Rich. <laughs> oh, Dolores. <laughs> <laughs> what did he keep thinking it was Malva? I'm gonna go with Rochelle on that one. Wall Ricky? of about Ricky, like Ricky Lake. Yeah, yeah. Never happened to Ricky Lake. Wall of Fame: Taryn Johnson, Leslie Frazier, Daryl Williams. Third quarter: Josh Allen, ten for ten, one hundred and sixteen yards and two touchdowns. Stephon Diggs, NBC for somehow broadcasting a Bills game without showing the wide right clip. <laughs> yeah, that is nice to see. The Bills God wrote. By the way, I think Chris. I think he used to be Bills God. He said he had to write. He said he had to add the the because I think I mentioned it that way. In last week's podcast. So the Bills God, 10 and 3, writes, Wall of Fame, the entire defense for four straight quarters. Wall of Shame, Knox for dropping what seems like easy catches on a consistent basis. Gettysburg play the game, the Taron Johnson pick six. I mean, come on. Is there really anything else? Well, people keep saying that, but Mike found one. So credit to Mike. Drew Hesht writes, Wall of Fame, the whole defense was absolutely lights out. Obviously can't keep them out of the end zone forever, but they limited scoring. I mean, if it wasn't for that Dawson Knox fumble and the Steelers getting the ball at the Bills' 30-yard line, I mean, you're talking about the 15 points the Steelers score. I mean, <laughs> it's less, <laughs> obviously. So, I mean, I don't even know if they can be credited for all 15 points. They should find a way statistically to take that out of like, you know, special teams points and um, your offense giving up points for defensive statistics somehow for points points against, you know. How they haven't figured out that one nuance is beyond me. And the receivers getting credit for PI. Yeah, how hasn't that happened, right? What should they equal? Like half the yardage? If you get a 40-yard PI, give them 20 yards. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> And you do that over enough generations and people stop asking why, <laughs> why does it even matter? Why do they give them 20 yards? Because that's how big the baking pan was. Um, also, second half adjustments for the offense to minimize pass rush and make plays. Absolutely. Wall of shame, the ball security by Knox. He's too prone. Gettysburg is Johnson's pick six. Drew, what's a, what's a good one for Drew? I think it's just Drew. Drew Barrymore, right? There you go. Like Drew has to find another Drew. Yeah, we're doing this. It'd be funny if somebody like started calling their significant other that as a nickname, like their name is Sarah. But like, oh, why don't I call you Maddie? (laughs) (laughs) Why Matt? Why Matt? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, you're uh, Maddie. Uh, It's always, you know, you like 
you like mats a lot. Your hair is always matted down. I don't know. (laughs) 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 Philip Whitaker writes, Wall of Fame, Allen, Diggs, and finally playing the third quarter. Plus Johnson's pick. Wall of Shame, Knox. He made some decent plays towards the end, but come on, man. Philip. Philomena? Philippa? Philip. You just said Philip with an A in the end. <laughs> oh, what was yours? <laughs> Philomena. You just said just that. Adding Amina. <laughs> that would be like for Frank. I just write Franca. <laughs> Frankie. Francis. Frances? Francesca. Um, Beanie the Bills fan writes, Wall of Fame, it's Diggs. He carried the game when we couldn't get anything going and continued it when we were driving. Wall of Shame, Knox dropping passes, and Bass missing that extra point. I'm watching this game. I'm thinking about the AFC Championship Bills versus the Chiefs. We can win that game. Absolutely. There was this cool video I shared on Facebook, on our Facebook page, from uh, Mike Greenberg um, saying why he thought the Bills are the only team in the AFC or in the AFC conference that could uh, that could stay with stick with the uh, the Kansas State Chiefs, and he makes a good argument. You'll have to check that out on our Facebook page. Emmett twenty one writes Wall of Fame coaching staff. This is the first game where we look better in the second half than the first. Very nice to see. Diggs was always open. Wallace and Johnson had some clutch turnovers. Knox is a <laughs> Wall of Shame. Knox. Croft is a way better tight end right now. Emmett 21. What's Emmett? Oh, that one's easy. Don't tell me. Emma. Yeah, there you go. Emma, Emily, any of those. All right, we're going to do one more. I wonder if any of these people are with people that we've mentioned. Oh, well, if they... So lucky. If they are. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Not having to remember another name besides yours (laughs) or something close to yours. Well... Like the best sound to somebody in the English language is their own name, right? Yeah. So it works both ways. So like when you tell it to someone else, like you're hearing it and they're hearing it. It's like double. Mm-hmm. Good call. And you could scream that out when you're pulling around. <laughs> <laughs> so you'd be like, oh, Mike. <laughs> Michaela, Mike. Be like, even if it was Michaela, you'd be like, I'm just going to call you Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, you're always doing that thing I like, Mike. <laughs> or you or you do it third person like uh that Seinfeld episode, like Mike likes that. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy likes Elaine. <laughs> Travis Kuhn writes, Wall of Fame, Davis, Diggs, and Moss. Moss really developed from last week and made some really great plays. Wall of shame, the penalties. Other than that, it was a solid win against a serious team. Yeah, Travis. By the way, Travis Kuhn wrote a very nice review on Apple Podcasts about us this last week. Um, I texted. It. I always, I always send those reviews and anything nice you guys say about the podcast to Mike and John and let them know. And Travis actually mentioned that we are an intelligent podcast, which I appreciate. I, I didn't really think about that but um it's nice to hear someone think that um it's nice honestly can we all be honest it's nice to get any compliment as an adult because nobody compliments you about anything i think i last got a compliment in 2014 <laughs> <laughs> and it, it was it from a family member it was probably somebody that wanted something <laughs> you know one of those oh nice haircut can you pick me up from the airport something like that. yeah 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 
Or like they wanted you to compliment them right back about something. Like, nice haircut. Oh, notice anything about me? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> uh, people are only self-serving for the most part. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very rarely. Wait, am, I, am, I, am, I, am I getting shades of 1999 Nate and, and kindness is a crock? <laughs> Let's just say 1999 Nate had a bad uh, had a bad run with uh, with the the girls in high school. Didn't didn't do so well at that point. Had a, had a lot of negative feelings about uh, people in general. I didn't say that about you though. I always thought you were. Uh, you just you hadn't found your Nathania yet. <laughs> <laughs> Even if that was her name, I'd still have to call her Nate, right? When we when we were intimate, it's just <laughs> Nathania. <laughs> uh, speaking of. <laughs> One day, just the realization, like, sits up in the middle of the night, wait, you're not with me because of my name, right? Like, oh, no, Nate. (laughs) (laughs) The only reason I'm with you. Uh, Speaking of which, (laughs) of people saying things when they um, are intimate with their significant others, my... my, um, Wife said, during the, the Taryn Johnson taint, when he's running it back, I'm like, yes, 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 She says, huh, you don't normally say those things around me like that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess I don't really. Like, oh, well, maybe you need to try harder. <laughs> I don't know. It was just funny. I don't really have a good comeback for that. Um, but thank you, Travis, for writing us a compliment on Apple Podcasts. By the way, uh, we're doing our giveaway. We're doing do a, a few several giveaways tonight. Um, so if you guys are looking to be part of any of the giveaways that we do, you just have to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Um, just mention CTW or CTW Pod or Circling the Wagons anywhere in the description, uh, and you are automatically in for any of the giveaways. Um, those were the Wall of Famers and Wall of Shamers brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. Thank you guys so much for staying up and uh, tweeting us. I'm sorry I didn't get to all of them. Um, there were a ton, and there were a lot of great ones, um, but appreciate you you guys doing that. Uh, Mike, Mike, if uh, let's look, a, look ahead to next week's game. Let's talk about the odds. If you were to go to the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago, what kind of odds would you find for next week's game? You want to take a guess? Um, who are they playing real quick? <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm like Sean McDermott. I one week at a time. <laughs> one Love thing. It. Yeah. It's a four thirty game here locally and they are playing the Denver Broncos on Saturday, right? That's right. Nice. Nice. It'll be nice to not be uh, recording this at 2 a.m. on a work night. Um, uh, Broncos are five and eight. The bills are 10 and three. You say it's at it's at Denver. It is. I'm going to give the Bills and the the Broncos coming off a 32-27 win today against the Panthers. Mm, that is a, that's a good win. It's a good win right there. And the week before they hung with the Chiefs, 16 to 22. I'm going to have the Bills favorite, obviously, um, giving the Broncos three points because they're at home. 
I think normally this line would be around seven or eight without it being at home, but because it's there, I'm going to get the Bills favored by, I'm going to say six. Bills favored by six, especially after a big Sunday night football win on primetime against the uh, formerly 11-1 and Steelers. Now they're 11-2. and uh, I'm going to say six points. Good guess. I would have said six as well. Uh, five, even four some places. Oh, well. Very nice. What Do you do you like that line? What, what way would you I've go? I've never met a line I didn't like. <laughs> glad glad uh, we didn't bet the over on this one. Jeez, this was, this was not a high-scoring game. After the first, what is the over under for that game? Wait, let me guess on that one. Um, I'm gonna say f- not high because the Broncos are more of a defensive team. Um, I'm gonna say like 46. It's a lot of suspense for no payoff because I don't have anything yet from any of the sports books. <laughs> oh, all right, well, we'll just assume that it's about 46 and that I got we'll just it right. Add it this and- <laughs> Say that you hit it on the nose. I am not editing any more than I have to tonight. Um, so thank you, Mike, for giving us the odds for next week's game against the Denver Broncos. Another primetime game, 4.30 p.m. on Saturday. So uh, thanks for giving us the uh, odds of the game brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. So- like, statistically, it looks like just checking 538 has a great site. And the win probability for the Bills is 68%, which is awesome. All right. Cool. And they show uh, 5.5 is the Bills' favorite. And just a couple other stats. Make the playoffs, the Bills are still at 99%, right? Win the division. After today, they've jumped up to 99% chance to win the division. Division, really? Wow. Uh, First round by still under 1%. Just under 1 seems... Yeah, about right, I guess. It's about right. <laughs> well, there's three oh, games win left. the Super Bowl slowly creeping up. Well, they, there's three Bills games stuff. There's three games left. The Bills would have to win out, and the Chiefs would have to lose out for the Chiefs to have one more loss than the Bills. Because if the Bills win out, and then they'd also need the Steelers to lose at least one game. Because if the Steelers it's have the same record. off seeing the Chiefs lose out. Oh, yeah. The Bills win out and the, the Chiefs lose out. I mean, how nice is it, though? I mean, I know we mention this every week. The Bills don't need to win out just to have a shot <laughs> to be in the playoffs. This is such a good place to be as a Bills fan. Um, all right, so we're going to do our giveaways real quick. Thank you guys for sticking with us throughout uh, today's game. Sticking today's with week. us. They probably just, like, fast-forwarded. <laughs> oh, God bless them if they did. <laughs> <laughs> they just fast-forwarded through to the giveaway. All right, skip, 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 skip. You just go through an hour and 20 and then just get to this part. This is the fun part. By the way, we... Maybe it should be in a different spot each week or... Oh, just shift it up on them? Make them yeah. actually listen to the episode? Ah, uh, that's not fair to them. Yeah, as long as you get the download. <laughs> as right? long as I get the... I don't <laughs> care if you even listen to this as long as you get the download. Um, we should... Uh, then it should, it should be an hour of blank space, and then just in the description you just put giveaway at <laughs> <laughs> giveaway at forty eight thirty. Clickable. It should be clickable. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. By the way, like I mentioned, how you can do this is uh, by leaving us a, a five star review on Apple Podcasts. By the way, if you guys are someone, if you're one of the people that actually listens to us every week and wants to win something cool, like definitely leave us. A, I mean, I know there's a lot of you that that do listen quite often, and you know, we have a list of people that, you know, are, are eligible for this uh, giveaway list, and you never come off even if you do win. So people have won multiple th- items. Um, just 
make sure that you get on this list because it's some cool stuff we have coming up. So tonight we're going to give away another Harrison Phillips jersey, a Harrison Phillips signed mini helmet, and a DraftKings sportsbook, uh, either polo shirt or t-shirt or hat given away from our good friends at the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. They were nice enough to give away some swag. We appreciate them doing that for our listeners. Um, great people over there. So first winner is Rob the Hoople. That's Rob the Hoople. Uh, Rob the Hoople. Next winner is what Chelsea. Is Hoople? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's a good question. Hula Hoople? You make him tell you. Yeah, I will. I will. When he DMs me or messages me and let me know. You also have to listen, too, by the way. So if you have won, please message us over social media or email us, ctwpod at gmail.com. Chelsea. Can you spell Hoople? Can I spell it? It's H-O-O-P-L. H-O-O-P-L. Chelsea Arabi is the is the second winner. Chelsea Arabi. Arabi is spelled U-R-A-B-E. Chelsea Arabi. And then the third winner is Yorkies716, Yorkies716. Now, Yorkies716 just left us a recent review, so you'd think that they would get back to us, but if you skip a week, sometimes you don't win. So um, appreciate all you guys doing that uh, with us, uh, leaving us all those reviews. We appreciate it. We read every one of them, and it you know it makes our day, makes our week. So please leave us more um, if you'd like to win more items. So, all right. I think we're going to end it right here on this very long recap podcast. Probably not going to go to sleep before work tomorrow, but whatever. It is what it is. The bills are riding high. This is so much more fun to do. I'm in such a better mood than if they had lost. I'd be like, let's just let's just get this over with, Ugh. like after the Cardinals game. But no, I'm in, I'm in a good place. So signing off for Mike. Exciting game. Exciting spot to be in. Can't wait to talk with you next week. Go Bills. And for me, Nate... Go Bills. Hopefully we're riding a mile high after a win next week in mile high. And we'll talk to you guys again then. Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, mate. <laughs>